NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Tony Liebert, and TikTok and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is L-I-E-S-N-B-O-Y-E-R-T. For uh, today's episode, Gophers football is back. Um, we'll be reacting to Minnesota's thrilling 13-10 week one victory over Nebraska. Tyler Newbin's two interceptions. Daniel Jackson's all-time catch in the back corner of the end zone. And Bergon's catches. Ron Kessich's game-winning pick. All right, so let's just get right into it. In the last three minutes of the game, there were three remarkable plays. There was we all we all um saw Daniel Jackson's catch. Um, still don't know how he got that uh foot down. Um, I uh, send out a tweet that it is the best Gophers play since question mark. And I was curious what Go- what Gophers fans had to say. <clears throat> there were uh, some people saying, or I said it was it was the best Gophers moment since what? Um, some people were saying since us getting back the axe uh, a few years ago, since uh, Antoine Winfield getting that interception against Fresno State, twenty nineteen Penn State game, Tyler Johnson. Uh, catch in the back end zone against Auburn. Um, I think to determine wo- what it's the best sense, you would have to look at it play or moment. Because moments, I don't know, even beating Wisconsin last year is pretty good. And being that it was week one, a little different stake. Um, but that's pure play. It, I, it's better than, I think, all those plays. That, that was one of the greatest football catches I've ever seen. Um, and to do it at the end of the game to tie it up that is that's just something else but um and then after that for Tyler Newman to get that interception just incredible closing speed get the interception get the ball back 50 seconds left whatever was on the clock and then you go just a ideal 2 minute drill to get into field goal range that was sideline 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 they had one in the middle i think um, and then they didn't call that timeout. They got sacked, got the penalty, got the yardage back. 
set up Dragon Kessich for that field goal. And I, I was telling my uh, brother the other day, I were on the way home from the game. If, if I was building a football team, I'd want my kicker to be a little weird like Dragon Kessich. Uh, in a good way, though. Like, he's the nicest guy ever. Um, But, you know, he does those uh, camp with Kessich videos. Um in the off season leading up with the, in the fall camp. And you see his personality a little bit knows he's got the Mohawk with the blue hair. His name's Dragon. Um, and, uh, you, you just want to be like a little different, I think, because those are the guys in moments like that, that don't let the pressure get to him. And you could, you could see there, he missed the, he missed the long kick earlier in the game. Um, but I mean, for your third ever career field goal attempt to make that, that's, that's something else. All three of those plays, it just it, it, my major takeaways were uh, leading when the Gophers were struggling at the game, um, in the in the middle of the third quarter, and like all fans, I was thinking of the worst. I'm like, what is this team missing? What is this team missing? I'm like, they might be missing a vocal leader. They don't have those Ahmed Ibrahim. They don't have Tanner Morgan. They don't have John Michael Schmitz. They don't have the guy to look at. Be like, hey, what do we do here? And th- like they do have Brevin Spanford, they do have Chris Ottmanbell, they do have Tyler Newbin. But I'm like, are those guys the vocal leaders? They they all lead by example. But I was asking myself, I'm like, are are they missing something? But to be able to step up in moments like that with those three plays from Daniel Jackson, from Tyler Newbin, from Dragon Kessich, that answers all those questions because the team has the wherewithal to be like. We still have this. We just need a breakthrough. Because it kind of felt like that on offense all game, that they were just missing that big play, and it was just going to happen. With the types type of weapons this team has, I think that's going to be kind of their offense this year, that it, they're going to need that big play. Because they're not going to be like the teams with Mo, where they're like five yards of carry, just boom, 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 boom. They might get there eventually, but it's not going to happen early in the year. That's not their offense. They're, they're going to be the... They're going to have a 12-yard throw over the middle, might have an incompletion, might have a two-yard screen. And those big plays are going to be what takes this offense to the next level. And it seemed like we were kind of waiting for that all game and didn't get it till the end. So uh, they they have the leadership because to be able to keep at it and be like, we're almost there, just need to break through. The Justin Wally fumble, it just that is just tremendous coaching tremendous leadership to stay with it last chance you can do it in the game they do it and they win doesn't always have to be pretty but um some other things uh quick takeaways from the game before we get into i guess position by position i think the biggest was the lack of running game which is the biggest thing that we have not seen the gophers struggle with in recent memory they had 25 carries for 55 yards. That's 2.2 yards per carry. Didn't look at it. I would have to imagine that is their lowest total in quite a while. I, I don't remember a game where they were that low before. Um, and we'll get into it once we get into the running back talk a little bit. But uh, I don't know if it's that concerning. Um, new offensive play caller, P.J. Fleck said that Greg Harbo is officially calling plays after the game. Um, it's just going to take a little time. I think we're going to figure out with this team. And 
Again, uh, winning doesn't always have to be pretty. The running game certainly was not pretty, and I think that led to a little struggle for Ethan and the offense as a whole. It's hard to move the ball when you're running that poorly, but um, that, that, that definitely was, I think, my biggest takeaway in the whole game. Um, the defense will still be elite, secondary especially. I love this secondary. Trayvon Jones was quite the find from the transfer portal. The uh, transfer from Elon, cornerback, played every single snap in, in the game, had a interception, just looked great all game. Having him alongside Justin Wall, he he's everything the Gophers needed from a number two corner, plus more. Um, so their cornerback room is great with Jack Henderson in the nickel, and then you got uh Tariq Watson, a uh, redshirt freshman, played a little bit, and then you even have Georgia Southern uh transfer Tyler Bright as your fourth corner. Cornerback rooms locked down, safety rooms uh white uh. Tremendous with Tyler Newbin, obviously. Anyone playing next to him is going to do fine. Darius Green was a little up and down, but um, he'll figure it out. He has plenty of talent. And then um, Aiden Gooseby, another redshirt freshman, played a little bit. But um, the secondary is great. The defensive line played, especially the pass rushers, the trio of Strigow, Jalen Logan Redding, Ja Joyner, all had a sack each. Um, the interior wasn't a great game. Um mostly based on Nebraska's success running the ball with the quarterback. but And the linebacker room without Cody Lindenberg, redshirt freshman, um, transfer, and a redshirt sophomore that hadn't really played before. They did well, given the circumstances, I think. Um, the Lindenberg injury kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, we can get into that a little bit once we talk about the linebackers. But given the circumstances, I thought they played well. Once Lindenberg comes back, He'll be that clear number one because they have a bunch of number twos at that position right now. So I think they'll be fine there. Again, I don't know if it'll be a strength of the team, but they'll be fine. There. I, I love everything about this defense. And then uh, Ethan's up and down game. He showed flashes. It was a lot of like the first few games he started, not like the Wisconsin game last year. You could see why he has the hype. He had, had a few First down runs, um, showed out his, his arm a few times. Uh, but again, even on the Daniel Jackson throw, is a little, he missed him a little bit. Uh, that should have been an easy touchdown. Daniel Jackson cooked his guy. If, if you haven't seen that play in slow-mo, that is one of the cleanest routes ever. That should be just on repeat showing young wide receivers how to run a poster up. That was just beautiful. But um, again, yeah, Ethan... 44 passes, pass attempts, that's just crazy. So I, I guess we'll get into it right there, talk about the quarterback position. Ethan was 24 of 44, 54 and a half completion percentage. He had 196 passing yards. He uh, That's four and a half yards per attempt, and he had one touchdown, one INT. So, um, Greg Harbo Jr., the uh, former tight end coach, from East, from Western Michigan, he's calling plays. This this was his offensive game plan alongside with Matt Simon, but he's calling the plays. And they wanted to throw the football. I, I think it's the right thing to do. I think Nebraska's uh, weakness was in the secondary, so they had to attack that. And um, just Ethan didn't look comfortable the whole game. He didn't look comfortable. Um, He had... 
a few plays here and there where he looked great. First drive, I thought he looked really, really well. Um, and then it stalled out, but he had that uh first down run, 12 yards on that drive. Um, first play of the game was to span forward. I thought he looked composed, he looked fine, but it once the game settled in a little bit, it just he didn't settle in with the game. Um he still looked like a redshirt sophomore with only five career starts. Um, but he also looked like a guy with tremendous talent. But again, like I kind of opened the the show with talking about how this team had the leadership to be able to do it when it mattered most at the end of the game. So did Ethan. Best drive of the game was the last drive. Set up that field goal. Um, to have that composure to do it on that drive that that answers any question for me. Um, it's just first game of the year is tough. Again, new offense slightly. It, no, I'll say it's just a new offense. They got a, a completely new offense. No Muhammad Ibram, no um John Michael Schmitz at center, which is a big difference for a young quarterback to have a NFL caliber center last year. Um and the offensive line in general, Chuck Filiaga played in the NFL. Um, it just, they were, uh, Axel Rushmeyer. It's just, they were missing the dominant offensive line. And for a young quarterback like Ethan, that's tough. Um, and he'll settle into it. I, I clearly, there's just a lot of moving pieces on this offense. That's going to take time when you're running backs, a transfer, Corey Crooms is a transfer. Elijah Spencer is a transfer. Ethan didn't play with Chris Bell that much last year. He was hurt. And we'll get into that a little bit, how he didn't play this game. But um, he just got has to adjust to all that. Everything I saw, I'm not concerned. It wasn't his best game. Um, And I, I think the schedule works out well for him, how they have Eastern Michigan next week. But I think he'll be fine. Uh, Would have liked him to use his legs a little bit more. And I think he'll realize that watching the film of this game, that he had opportunities where he had a lot of time in the pocket, that he's just got to use his legs there. He's just athletic. I bet the coaching staff will tell him that. Um, and he's just got to utilize that sometimes, especially in college. Like, just use your legs, like, when the play breaks down a little bit, when no one's open. Um, Because you had the opportunity to get 7, 12 yards just a pop right there. And that would have given them the 10 more points in this game and not made it a little shaky, but... He had a 62.9 PFF grade, um, 9.8 average depth of target, which is a um, very popular analytical stat um, that kind of shows you how much he's pushing the uh, the ball down the field. Um, Tanner Morgan's stats on uh, the numbers on that stat were not at that level. Um, I, I didn't put down exactly what it was, but 9.8 is a pretty good number for an A dot. 65.9 adjusted completion percentage that factors in the drops because there were three drops according to PFF in this game. And he had 48 dropbacks, three sacks. So with a young offensive line, I think that's a good number. Um, there are a few plays where he uh, where he showed his athletic ability, evaded a sack, got the ball away. Those are plays that don't show up on the stat sheet unless you look at the advanced metrics like that that Ethan does very well and I think is going to be great in this offense. So, I mean, overall, I'd give him a six and a half, seven out of 10. It certainly wasn't his best game. Could have been a lot worse. Second half, he played much better. 
Um, it, it just there were just a few drives here and there where he just didn't look comfortable. And but he showed up when it mattered most. Doesn't change my outlook on him as a player. Um, I just think it'll take time. He's a he's a young guy, new system. Just be patient and got the win. Two months from now, we're not going to care that the Gophers barely beat Nebraska. All they got is the win. That's all that matters. Uh, everyone says you are what your record says you are, and the Gophers are one to know. They're just as good as uh, USC. They're just as good as Notre Dame, and they're just as good as any team that will win on uh, today on Saturday. Okay, now diving into the running back position. So there were 69 offensive snaps. Sean Tyler, Western Michigan transfer, played 30 snaps. Um, had 10 carries, led the team in carries, 41 yards, led the team in rushing yards. 28 of those yards were after contact. Pretty good number, about 2.8 yards after contact per carry. He had two 10-plus yard runs, and he had two missed tackles forced through the whole game. 62.7 PFF grade. Um, Pretty... Just average game, to be honest. He'd look like an average player. Um, but he does have that home run ability. And I, I think this is kind of what we're going to see from him most games this year. We're going to see him get 10 to 15 carries a game. I, I would be, unless they're up by a lot and they're trying to milk the clock, he might have a few games in the 20s, but he's going to be under the 20s, I think, in most games. I would have liked the Gophers to use him a little more in the passing tech. But I think they trust Bryce Williams more um, on passing downs. Um, the way that this game plan was set up, Bryce Williams, I think, was the third down back. He had 36 snaps, so he outsnapped Sean Tyler. He had six carries for 14 yards, which is less, because I think he was on passing downs more. And he had two catches for 11 yards. Um, his long rush was of four yards, though, and he had nine yards after contact. So in the running game, he was not as good as Sean Tyler, plain and simple. Um, he had a 62.8 PFF grade. But so getting into this, I guess, uh, Coach Fleck clearly is going to trust Bryce Williams on passing downs for the fact that he is probably the best pass blocking running back on this football team which is something that fans don't typically think of when they're like, hey, Zach Evans might be more explosive. Darius Taylor might be more explosive. Give them the ball. It's important to be a good pass-blocking running back. And for a team that passed the ball 44 times, Bryce Williams is going to get a lot of snaps. Um, He's a smart player. He's not going to make mistakes, but I just don't know if he has the Big playability of Sean Tyler or either one of the young running backs, Zach Evans or Darius Taylor. Darius Taylor played one snap. Zach Evans did not play any. So um, you could guess maybe that Taylor usurped Evans on the depth chart. Evans played really well in the spring. Um, again, I think over time, the Gophers are going to realize that they might need that big playability a little bit more um, because... I don't know if this offense would be able to function with a six-carry, 14-yard type performance consistently. And trust me, I have nothing against Bryce Williams. He's a he's a great veteran player. A great might be – he's so consistent. Again, he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to hit the hole. He's going to get the yards that are there. But he's not going to find yards on a run, if you know what I mean. Um, 
for how the offensive line blocks, if there's six yards there, he's going to get six yards. But Darius Taylor, if there's six yards there, he could get 72. So that, that's the difference between them. Um, not all running backs can get the six yards that are there. Uh, for example, I don't think Trey Potts would. Um, I was not a big Trey Potts guy. I'm not going to bash a, a 21-year-old or however old he is, but um, I don't think he would always get the six yards that were there. Um, but he was a hard runner. Uh, that's besides the fact. Overall, I don't think the running backs were that disappointing. Sean Tyler was missing that 25-yard run, which I think he will have in the future. Um, I Today's game and usage for him, I think, is what we're going to see in most games this year. Um, for Bryce Williams, it that's that's the question mark throughout the year. Is it going to be Bryce Williams? Are they going to cut Bryce Williams' snaps in half and give the other half to Darius Taylor, which I think is very possible? Or are they going to give Zach Evans some snaps? That's something that's going to happen in practice. That's something that's going to happen when they're looking at film. None of the, neither Sean Tyler or Bryce Williams uh, showed that they need to be RB1 for 12 games this year. So if Darius Taylor plays super well in practice, he's going to get opportunities because neither, neither of these guys are like, you have to play me. So, and this is going to be a position that Darius Taylor is the most talented player in that room, plain and simple, but he's 18 years old. So, not many coaches are going to want to play an 18-year-old, especially week one against Nebraska. So that's why I don't think we saw him this week. Now, next week against Eastern Michigan, it'll be interesting to see if we get more uh, Darius Taylor and Zach Evans snaps because likely they'll be uh, winning a little bit more. You don't want to, I guess, count your eggs before they hatch, but um, count your chickens before they hatch. Excuse me. But... um. Yeah, that that's the question mark. I think it'll be very fluid, but um, I I'm not too concerned. It just you simply just need better play there. That's why their offense wasn't that good. So um, again, I still think Darius Taylor is the most talented player in this room. Zach Evans might be number two. Sean Tyler has the most experience. Bryce Williams probably has the most trust. So that's kind of what what we saw this week, and that's probably what we'll see the rest of the year. And that's will determine who plays. So it'll be interesting to watch going forward. Uh, wide receiver position, no Chris Ottman-Bell. Um, he was questionable all week. Big Ten saying now that you have to release your uh, who's in and out before the game. Chris Ottman-Bell was ruled in, but he only played one snap. Um, I think this was a fact that he just wasn't 100%. And uh, PJ Flex, like, we want to get you in pads. We want to get you on the sideline. We want to get you warming up. But we have great depth at the wide receiver position. We have four guys that can be Big Ten wide receivers at a consistent level. So we don't need you week one versus Nebraska. We need you week 12 versus Wisconsin. We need you week seven versus Iowa. When I don't know when they play Iowa. But you get what I'm saying. We need you against Michigan. We need you against Ohio State. We can get past Nebraska without you. It was close, but they did. So um, I, I don't think it was a he's fifth on the depth chart thing. I think it was we just want you on the side. And we want you to get back in rhythm of playing. And uh, there's no, no need for him to play this early in the year, to be honest with you. 
it's not like he's ions above anyone that did play. Just being completely honest. I think he can be at the same level, and he could be the best receiver on this team, but I don't think he is. And um, But you want him in the mix later in the year, just like I said. So Daniel Jackson, clear number one wide receiver on this team. He showed it this week. Played 64 out of 69 snaps in the game. Uh, team high, 16 targets, team high, nine receptions, team high. 68 yards, team high, and scored the only touchdown of the game for the Gophers. 64.2 PFF grade was second on the team. And then he, he had that remarkable touchdown, like we all know. Looked like a number one receiver, played like a number one receiver. I expect that to be a trend for much of the year. Now, Western Michigan transfer Corey Crooms looked tremendous. Great find in the transfer portal. Uh, played like a veteran. Played like he's been there for three years. 12 targets. Played 50 snaps of the 69. Seven receptions, 63 yards, and 69.2 PFF grade. Highest, highest receiver on the Gophers. Looked great. Going to be the number two receiver, I think, on this team. Um, And, but, and then the number three, I think, is going to be where Crab comes in. Because... Elijah Spencer played 26 snaps. Lamecki Brockington played 37. So um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Crab will take Elijah Spencer's snaps based on what I saw. Um, Elijah Spencer does have uh, three years of eligibility left, I think. No, two, two, because he came over as a true sophomore. He did not does not have that COVID year. So um, – he so it'll it'll be Spencer Brockington and Crab, Crooms and Daniel Jackson will have that level I think of usage every game. I think they showed it. I think they showed that they have the trust in Ethan. They have the trust in the coaching staff. Those are clear number one and number two. And the way that Crab has been in and out of the lineup, I'm going to be honest with you. I think he he'll be the number three receiver on this team. Um. I think he'll be the number two outside guy. Crooms does play a lot in the slot. Um, and Spencer only had one target, one reception, nine yards. Uh, Brockington, one target, zero receptions. Both of them are under 60 PFF grade. So I think Crab will take a portion of both of those. I think all five guys will play in every game this year. Um, but again, no need to rush him back. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Crab doesn't play next week either. Um, get him ready for the North Carolina game. Circle that. Be like, this is the game. You're 100%. You're going to be 100% in the game plan. No need. And uh, Kristen Hoskins, a guy, gadget player, a lot of people thought might get a few snaps here and there. I think he might get a few snaps here and there all year, but he's not going to have a consistent role on this offense. Clearly going to be those five wide receivers. It's just the question, uh, how big will Crab's role be when he comes back? Like I said, to reiterate, Daniel Jackson will, will be the number one receiver on this team every game, I think, based on usage. Uh, receptions and yards, he might not be, but based on usage, he will be. I think he'll get the most snaps in every game. Corey Crooms, I think, will be second. Crab might flirt with second a few games, but I think he'll be third. Um, I don't know. I, now that I say it out loud, he might be second. But uh, those are going to be the top three. It'll be... Jackson, Crooms, and Crab, and then Spencer and Brockington. The two younger players will have their chances to expand their role if they're showing it in practice, but they're going to be the next tier 
and they're going to be the role players in this wide receiver. As a whole, thought the wide receivers were as good as advertised. No concerns there. And as the offense works through their kinks, I think they'll be fine. Tight end position, no Jamison Gears, a guy who played a lot last year. He was injured on that injury report. Just Brevin Spanford and Nick Callerup. Uh, Spanford played 65 of the 69 snaps, eight targets, five receptions, 45 yards. I think that's going to be a usage we see out of him pretty consistently, played almost every snap. Um, Kind of going to be in that eight targets a game range from like five to nine to ten in that range. I think that's going to be kind of where he is consistently. Uh, 45 yards, 59.8 PFF grid. Solid game, solid Spanford game. Weren't wasn't in the red zone that much to use him, but that's going to be where his bread is buttered, and uh, I I think we'll see that show later in the year. He'll he'll get maybe five or six touchdowns this year, but I thought he played well. Nick Caller up more of a run blocking option, fifty eight point six PFF grade. He played about half the snaps, thirty two snaps. He looked great, no questions there. One of the surest positions on the Gophers depth chart. Uh, now, the offensive line, this was interesting. Um, all five starters played every single snap on offense. Um, and heading into the week, DJ Flex said that they were going to rotate a lot of guys there. He said, we might play as much as seven. He said something like he, he thinks there's a six starters on this team or seven starters on this team. Um, but there's only five positions. And But... Carter Shaw was the only other offensive lineman that played, and he played one snap, and that was a short yardage play when they had six offensive linemen. Ariante Ursary at left tackle had the highest-ranked PFF grade at 67.1. Left guard Tyler Cooper, 51.4. Nathan Bow lowest at 50.9. Martez Lewis, 53.9. At right guard, that was the other interesting thing. Martez Lewis played a lot of right tackle in the offseason, and Quinn Carroll played a lot of right guard. They switched it up. I don't know if that was a game plan thing. Um, I think that's something that could change, but Quinn Carroll did play one of his better uh, games in a Gophers uniform with 66.5 PFF grade. And as a whole, this, I guess, was kind of what I expected from the offense line. This is not going to be a unit that dominates a lot of teams, especially in the Big Ten. Um, but again, they just need to be at a certain level. They just need to let the uh, weapons weapon, if you know what I mean. They need to, they're not the strength of this team, and they just need to play at a level where it doesn't hurt them. They don't need to carry the rest of the team, if you know what I mean. And I don't think they will, but I do think they'll improve every game this year. I, this might be the worst we see them, but, um, like I said, not really concerned. Didn't really show anything that shocked me. Um, and I think this is kind of what we're going to see most every game this year. And yeah, uh, after the game, PJ Flex said Greg Harbo Jr. is calling plays, and he did a great job calling plays, and he kept his composure. And I think you saw that in the two minute drill because, again, that was the highest pressure time of the game. And they, everyone stepped up. The play calling, Ethan, everyone on offense stepped up, showed that this offense can do it. And I think they're only going to get better. I, this is one of the worst games I think we're going to see this year. And um, to do a week one Big Ten opponent night game against Nebraska, 
it doesn't have to be pretty. You got away with the win. That's all you need sometimes. And overall, I thought the offense, I'd give it a six and a half, seven out of 10, but you don't need a 10 out of 10. You need a win. And that's what they got. And then on the defense here, the defensive line, kind of there, there weren't many surprises. Danny Strigow, um paced the uh, edge defenders in snaps, 44 snaps. Jalen Logan Redding, 38. Um, there were 56 snaps on defense. So Strigal played 44 of 56. Uh, Logan Redding played 38. Jod Joyner, 23. Retro freshman Anthony Smith played 11. And North Carolina transfer Chris Collins played 13. Strigal played very well. 66 snap, PFF grade, four tackles, one sack, one hurt. That's what you want out of him. That's what he's going to give you. Um, very solid edge defender, and that's what the Gophers need. They got three of them that are at the same level, I'll be honest with you. I think all three of these guys are like a solid 7.8, 8 out of 10 edge defenders in the Big Ten. Uh, Jalen Logan riding 60.6 PFF grade, three tackles, one sack, two hurts. Jaw Joyner, 61.5 PFF grade, two tackles, one sack, one hurt. They all played pretty similar. Like I said, the snaps are a little bit different. I think we'll see that usage rate for most of the year. Um, no concerns there. They were what the Gophers need. They're what the Gophers expected. And if we get that out of them, they're, this is going to be a great defense. Now, uh, Chris Collins Jr., the transfer from North Carolina, and Anthony Smith, the redshirt freshman. That fourth spot, I think there's a chance Anthony Smith eats up all of Chris Collins' snaps. He led the entire position group in PFF grade, 66.7. Did not have any hurries, but he looked great out there. He did not look like a redshirt freshman, especially size-wise. That man is just chiseled. But um, I think Chris Collins had the lowest PFF grade, 53.4. So basically, I think Anthony Smith might get up to the – this might be his lowest snap count of the year. And um, I, I think this unit's – Improved from last year, not like the best the Gophers have ever had, but um, pretty good. And I think there's some NFL players up there. Um, on the interior, no Darnell Jeffries, former transfer from Clemson, one of those guys that were on the injury report. But um, Kyler Baugh paced with 42 of the 56 snaps. Yeah, that's what I said. And he had a 63.8 PFF grade. Played pretty well. Classic Kyler Baugh game. Uh, Devin Eastern, 39 snaps, 57.7 PFF grade. And Logan Richter, 13 snaps, 51.7. So they played three guys on the interior. Typically, I think you'd want an extra guy there. Uh, only three interior defensive linemen, a little odd. So, um, again, Darnell Jeffries, I think, will get like a 13 to 17 snap type thing. So um, once he's back, it'll give him a little more depth take the pressure off a guy like Devin Eastern a little bit more. But um, again, kind of what I expected out of this unit. Nothing really jumps off the table there. Um, they struggled against the run stopping Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims could get 12 yards on a, a QB uh, draw any time he wanted. So um, kind of what I expect in this game, to be honest. I don't think this is a unit that's going to jump off the table. I don't think it's a unit that's going to hurt the Gophers that much. Might be their weakest position group on defense, to be honest, but um, I think they'll be fine. 
Uh, Devin Eastern, oh, he'll settle in a little bit. This was his first game starting, so no, no huge takeaways there. Darnold Jeffries will help when he comes back. Now a linebacker, Cody Lindenberg. He was the surprise man to be out. He was in street clothes, did not play a single snap. One of the most important players on this defense, so that hurt the defense, plain and simple. Um, Devin Williams was the QB or the linebacker one in this game. He played all 56 snaps. He was one of three defensive players to play all, all 56 on the Gophers. He had a 61 PFF grade, 53.2 coverage grade, 61.7 run defense grade. He had two tackles, according to PFF. They don't count uh, assisted tackles. So that's two solo tackles in the game. Don't think he played horribly. Don't think he played tremendously. Pretty pretty average game from him. Um, Behind him, you had Maverick Baranowski, redshirt freshman, played 49 snaps as a redshirt freshman. Very impressive. 73.8 PFF grade, 75.7 coverage grade, 64 run defense grade, and four tackles. Then behind him, you had the Western Michigan transfer, Ryan Selig, played 33 snaps, 67.2 PFF grade, 63.7 coverage, 63.1 run defense, and two tackles. So I thought the linebacker room played pretty average, to be honest with you, in this game. Um, Maverick Baranowski for a retro freshman did about as good as you could do. Uh, that guy is going to be a great linebacker on this Gophers team. And I think when Lindenberg comes back, we're going to just kind of see Ryan Selig might get the the boot a little bit. Those 33 snaps might be gone for him, to be honest with you. And then Baranowski kind of takes Selig's 33. Lindenberg takes Devin Williams' 56. And Williams takes Baranowski's 49. So it kind of will be Lindenberg, Devin Williams, Baranowski. Because the, the Gophers like playing three linebackers, um, and they like kind of that third guy coming in situationally. And I think Baranowski will be that guy. He's shown he, very good coverage grade, 55. Jeez, I don't know how to speak. 75.7 coverage grade. But, again, I, I think Devin Williams played like a number two linebacker. Baranowski played like a guy who has tremendous potential, who could – by the year's end, be the number two linebacker. Um, but I think he'll be the number three, Devin Williams, number two, Lindenberg, number one. I think we're going to see improved play with Lindenberg. No concerns there. I, I, given the circumstances, I as Lindenberg was a bit of a surprise. No one knew he wasn't going to play, really, at least in the media. So um, I thought they did about as well as they could. you could you could ask from. On to the defensive backs, I think one of the strengths of this whole game. Tyler Newbin was Tyler Newbin. Um, he was as advertised. All 56 snaps, team high, game high, 90.3 PFF grade, two interceptions, two tackles. I think he allowed one reception in coverage. He was elite. Let's start the Heisman campaign now. Um, I, I was talking to my brother about this. I was like, how many interceptions would Tyler Newman have to get to be in the Heisman conversation? Because let's say the Gophers, this is so optimist. That's not what I would think is going to happen. Let's say they go nine and three, win the big 10 West go to the Indianapolis. Let's say Tyler Newman has 13 interceptions, scores two touchdowns. 
does he get invited to the high? He's I he has a chance to be the best uh defender in the country. I truly believe that. Uh Harold Perkins nationally, a lot of people think from LSU he might be number one, which he probably will be. Um, but realistically, no bias, no go first homerism. Tyler Newbin, I think, is the best defensive back in college football. A uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama will be right there, but he sh- Tyler Newman showed it tonight. He's he's tremendous, A plus player, uh, A plus alpha, just everything you want from a leader, from a captain, just tremendous. Um, all right, but behind him, Darius Green, his running mate, played forty two snaps on defense, fifty six point six PFF grade, struggled a little bit, um, but. He his first start was in the Syracuse game. This is second second ever career start. Just needs to settle, and I think you could tell he's a little excited. I think he'll be fine. Behind him, Aiden Gooseby, one of the uh, four redshirt freshmen on defense that played. He played uh, sixteen snaps. Wait, four. Anthony Smith won. Is there a redshirt freshman on offense? So there was Anthony Smith, three quats, and a cornerback. We'll get into Aiden Goosby and Mayor. Yeah, four. Sorry about that. Clearly a Saturday morning. But um, yeah, one of the four retro freshmen I played, 16 snaps, 68 PFF grid. All four retro freshmen played pretty well in the limited role they had. This shows me Aiden Goosby usurped uh, Coleman Bryson, the guy who won defensive MVP in the Syracuse game, who also redshirt freshman, didn't get any snaps. So Goosby is ahead of Coleman Bryson on the depth chart. Uh, Goosby was a cornerback last year, moved to safety. So clearly found a home there. Is going to be a guy that, if he sticks around Minnesota, will start some football games for this team. And that position group, fine, loaded. Tyler Newbin, you can stick anyone next to him. They'll be fine. They're, they won't be asked to do much. Cornerbacks, very this this position group impressed me the most out of the whole team. Justin Wally looked like a third year stud. Thirty seven snaps. He did have a little injury, but he came back on the field. Um, eighty point seven PFF grade. Had that massive forced fumble that set up the Gophers touchdown drive. Great game. Looked like a the cornerback one. Trayvon Jones, transfer from Elon. Tremendous game. Played all 56 snaps in that number two cornerback spot. 72.7 PFF grade. That's the third highest ranked player on the Gophers defense. Looked great. Played great. All, everything you want to have a cornerback to. Just great ad from the transfer. Jack Henderson, 23 snaps in the nickel spot. Transfer from Southeast Louisiana. 64.5 PFF grade. Again, Played very well, what you expected from him. Great game at that nickel spot. And then Tariq Watson, another redshirt freshman, played 19 snaps, 69.9 PFF grade. This is a guy who is going to play meaningful snaps on this team, a tremendous talent at the cornerback position, and his role is only going to continue to grow. And then Tyler Bride, that uh, transfer from Georgia Southern, who uh, Trayvon Jones clearly beat out for the number two spot. Five snaps, 63.1 PFF grade. I, I think we're, we're going to see Tariq Watson eat his snaps. Um, t- I think Tyler Bright has two years of eligibility remaining off the top of my head. So uh, maybe we see him stay there, and then you got Watson and Bride competing for that number one spot next year. Um, two guys that might play next year. But 
I, next year is there could be seven guys that transfer in the cornerback room. So that, that's too much to talk about. But again, overall defense was great. Love this defense. Um, answered any question you have. The linebacker room was the big question mark, but behind Lindenberg, they got some talent. They're plain and simple. They just need Lindenberg back. I, I don't know anything of the injury off the top of my head, but they'll be fine there. Overall thoughts. I tweeted this out. This game gives me dangerous optimism for the North Carolina game. Um, th this defensive back room is going to be able to match up with North Carolina's high-powered offense. The question mark will be, don't want to get into the preview too much and overlook Eastern Michigan, but the question mark will be, can the offense get in the 30s? Because they're going to need to against North Carolina. North Carolina's <laughs> going to be a tough offense to not, to not score 30 points. So Minnesota's going to need at least 30 to win that game. Um, again, nothing wrong with winning ugly. We saw that in 2019 when the Gophers opened the year with a home game they should have lost against South Dakota State. Um, struggled against Fresno State, barely left there with a win, and then struggled against Georgia State. So to do this against a Big Ten team, first game of the year, new QB, new offense coordinator, new running back, new receivers, you just need to win sometimes. And like I said, a few weeks from now, no one's going to really care. We only won by three points. So um, great game. Not, not a great game, but you get what I'm saying. Um, plenty of optimism to leave this game with. Sometimes you only need to win. Um, I, as always, I appreciate everyone for listening. We'll be back earlier next week after the long weekend with um, some preview for Eastern Michigan, but as always, I appreciate listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, Kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.